Hello, and welcome to another episode of The Real Rant, the place where we like to rant about the real stuff. My name is Bernie McGee, and as always, sitting across from me is the illustrious Sexy Boy. Who are you, dude? Corey McBrew in a hot pot of coffee. Oh, I really liked Corey barbecuing <laughs> way better. <laughs> well, too bad. Because that one is a little bit more... There's just too much. There's too much to it. Like you're you're adding more syllables to it, and I think, I think you're kind of taking. Oh, never mind. Doesn't matter. There's always a critic. <laughs> well, that's why we have a podcast, Corey. That's right. Yeah, but we have a guest, mm-hmm. as usual. I don't know why I say that with such enthusiasm every week. Like it's actually we're surprised by it, and everyone else is surprised by it. Well, I'm surprised people keep coming on. <laughs> <laughs> why are you surprised by that, Corey? I don't know. I just. <laughs> Why do you do you do you not have enough self worth or enough confidence in this podcast? Oh, I have so much. You said that really sarcastically, and I can't tell. I didn't. <laughs> well, your your face was a little bit of um, it, I don't know. Whatever. Who cares? Anywho, <laughs> but yes, we have a guest today, and he's sitting to the right of me, and always to the left of Corey, mm-hmm. because that's our setup in the table situation when we record, mm-hmm. and it's also how the microphones kind of fit better when we plug it into the machine so that's what we're going with for the seating arrangements <laughs> am i right Corey? It is. can you can you attest to that i can attest does it look good how's the arrangement look oh man super feng shui right now where are we sitting right now uh in your room <laughs> on uh lawn chairs yeah i bought these for when we moved into or the place camping chairs or whatever yeah know. so he's a good friend mm-hmm not specifically to the podcast, but a uh, good friend to us, which I guess in a way means he's a good friend of the podcast. Mm-hmm. What could you say to that? I can attest. You can attest? Yeah. Okay. He's, he's a good fella. He's a good fella? Yeah. All right. Well, we'll go with that. I don't know. We've, we've said nicer things about our guests before we intro them. Is there anything you can think of, Corey? Well, I, our guest is is someone I don't think you can really put into words. Yeah, I was going to say... You just have to experience him for yourself, I you, think. He's a walking meme, but he's not a mm. god meme status yet. Not yet. Yeah, anyways. Who are you, you little guy? Oh, I'm, I'm Zach Michener. I'm <laughs> pretty excited to be here, you know? Very accurate description of myself, I thought. Yeah. <laughs> That's great. Uh, Zach Michener. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. How Welcome. and why do you know us? Well, I... <laughs> Oh boy! <laughs> well, I think I met. Uh, I think oh, I met. Did my first project with you in our in theater ten, Brennan? I think right. We, yeah, we think, hit it off. Well, I think I was looking at. I was like, we were like one of four guys in the theater class. Yeah, and two like, of them were drug dealers. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, oh, I he's, the only, he's the only, like, normal guy in this class. Yeah, I was like, like, hey, you want to, like, be friends? Yeah. Well, I don't know about normal. I yeah. showed up. I, every, I remember whenever we started uh, the first day back of school, I always tried to dress my best, hoping mm. that somehow some girl would walk up to me. I was very <laughs> theatrical and very, I was just weird. I, don't, I remember that day like no other. Uh, I was wearing my Enjoy Rastafarian shirt. That was my Rastafarian year. Mm. That was when I wore a lot of Rastafarian Bob Marley mm. stuff when I only actually knew, like, five or six songs by Bob Marley. Mm. So as yeah. most do, uh, and I think I met Corey on our on the theater trip to oh, to yeah. London, Europe. That's right? Yeah. That's uh, right. No, I we're we're both watching the Aussie the Osborne show in uh, oh, in the yeah. uh, hotel rooms. <laughs> no, I think <laughs> I first like met you when when uh, we walked down the hall and you were like wrestling with Shane or something. Oh, and, as you do, and, or some other guy in the trip. Shane at the time was yeah, <laughs> yeah, interesting yeah. fellow. Yeah, yeah. but uh, a little wrestle. 
Yeah, no, no, that's pretty yeah. fascinating stuff, yeah. right? <laughs> you met Corey through witnessing a wrestle in the hallway. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, wrestling, wrestling in the Osborns. Yeah, no, I, that's right. I introduced myself mid wrestle. <laughs> <laughs> Hello, good, good sirs. Yes, how are you? I yeah. like your form. Yeah, yeah, yes. your that's you are, right. You're on the point. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, glad to have you on the podcast. Mm-hmm. Yeah, glad it's to be here. Pretty exciting. Uh, you picked a pretty good film this oh, week. Yeah. We'll, we'll get to it. I mean, we've yeah. already mentioned it uh, in last week's episode, but mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. for those just tuning in to their first episode of The Real Rant, that one and a half listener. So, school is coming to an end for me, just the semester at least, and I am pretty stressed out. Can you tell, Corey? Yes, yeah, uh... <laughs> just a singular yeah well uh what we went for a walk with uh with your dog last night oh don't was, even remind me i was concerned on the tail end of it because you were speaking very nonsensically i was speaking in metaphors it was yeah. like philosophical metaphors because i was just so frustrated i won't, I won't repeat it because oh, it's quite embarrassing but, it was uh... terrible <laughs> i woke up this morning and i was like oh God, <laughs> why did I say those things? I basically equated in my tired state hmm. the human race to a bunch of like fish people. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> How things stands right stand right now because we are a weekly podcast. Um, I'd like to start releasing on Tuesdays because I oh. think it fits better with my schedule uh, for the mm-hmm. editing, and that way, like if I have something going on over the weekend, I can like. Just focus on that and then basically focus because Mondays I don't really do anything. Hmm. Like Monday nights are like I'm exhausted and mm. I wanna you just come home. I don't know. So Yeah. Yeah. I just yeah. thought I'd mention that. Our next week's episode guest, he's a he's a good he's a good friend of mine. Corey hasn't met him yet, but he's no. he's quite excited to hear from him. Yes. Uh mm-hmm. but he picked a film today, because uh, we worked together. What did he pick? The Green Mile. Oh, um, Okay. All right. All right. Have you seen it? Yeah, I like that movie. I've never seen that movie. What? No, I haven't. Get out. Is it a Stephen King film? It is. The thing is, with Stephen King films, like, I'm very hesitant. I'm hesitant about his horror movies, but, like, Shawshank Redemption and Green Mile. Mm. Yeah, but I I would associate that with, like, good film work. Like, good director, good, you know, because it's just his books. Like, mm. Shawshank Redemption was just a short story that they kind of turned into a screenplay. Sure. They probably added shit to it. But, because originally, what, does anybody remember what the original name of the, the book was called? Uh, oh, it was, um... Something about the... Something about the poster, like the Raquel poster? Yeah. I believe. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. Like, hidden within Raquel. Raquel or, or Raquel at Shawshank or something like that? Yeah, I don't know. I can't remember, and I'm sure people are going to just be pissing their pants over there. <laughs> just being like, why the hell don't you know it? But I think Corey <laughs> might be looking it up right now. But, um, yeah, no, what I was going to say was... Is, I find that Stephen King, King films can either be a swing and a miss, and we've definitely kind of experienced that, especially with the It film. Corey and I went to go see that, and we... Rita Hayworth and Shawshank Redemption. Ah, yeah, that's you, what it was. you said that was garbage, right? The It, it film? Yeah. I or was it good? Hated it. Yeah. I hated it. Yeah, they were showing it actually at uh, the theater that I work at, uh, the student theater I work at. I'm not right. going to say movie theater because I'm not a franchise boy. Right. I'm a hipster. I don't live that way. Um... Yeah, no, I have a I love-hate relationship, I think, with Stephen King films, because you don't actually know if it's going to be any good. Yeah. The guy puts out so much content every single... He's like a YouTube star, uh, of except books. of books. Yeah. Yeah. Right. So you never really can trust what's actually going to be good. Right. Yeah. So, I mean, like, his stories are obviously very creative. 
Mm-hmm. Um, and I definitely think they probably read well, but whether or not they actually translate well to screen is, yeah. is debatable, yeah. right? So, yeah. um, and I would say that specifically with it, like well, it, it's the one, with, it's the one with the clown, yeah. in the sewers or something, yeah, yes. yeah, eating children and whatnot. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, well, there's a that, that that whole movie, that whole book is like a coke fueled nightmare. <laughs> it's written in flashbacks, but also kind of like. Like it, it goes back and forth between like modern day t- uh, as the adult as the kids being adults to them being kids, mm-hmm. and then also they talk about where the it came from, right? And it has something to do with some like turtle that basically runs the galaxy. I'm totally fucking this up. Yeah. No, you're not. No, um, the the actual like the it demon, yeah, is like in constant battle with like this giant turtle. Yeah, like, it's really out there. I'm I'm still such a wuss. Like I can't do horror movies it's not scary man really that was it was actually terribly funny oh i was one of those Uh, and i think that's why it was there was no stakes and i remember emily who was on the podcast last week she was talking about it and she was kind of like she always argues with it she's like no i thought it was great you know it's pushing the boundaries and stuff And i was like no it was tonally off it didn't make sense you shouldn't laugh at a scary movie yeah i shouldn't be laughing yeah but i think the last horror movie i saw was strangers and I think I watched most of that from behind the pillow. Yeah, yeah, I remember that. Yeah, it's just... Oh, yeah, man. Zach has like a really shitty relationship with horror films. I can't do it. I don't know why. It just gets me going. Yeah. <laughs> if I watch it with somebody else who's like laughing at Even it... Even to this like, day, you still feel that way. Yeah, no, totally. Like I can... I've gotten better with it. I can watch thrillers pretty easily now. But yeah. horror like horror, like even like Saw... It's like really, I, I know it's pathetic, right? But like, it's well, I, I know I, I wouldn't say that's pathetic. But no, it's no. I, I can't. I don't know. It just totally gets me going. Yeah, mm. yeah. Well, I remember. I, mean, I remember watching I Am Legend in like. Well, that one's great, actually that one's actually scary. Though. It is pretty scary. Yeah, and like having like like nightmares about that for <laughs> yeah, it's like weeks and weeks. Just my but, parents are like that traumatized me. Yeah, <laughs> I would say though that that film is scary because it has like an emotional, yeah, an emotional like connection to it. Like there. It's quite an emotional, scary film. Well, that one was just gets you going because you know he's having to kill, like he kills his dog in that one, right? And mm-hmm. you're like, oh man, you get driven by that, and all of a sudden, two seconds later, well, the dog like, is like his companion. He's mm-hmm. who he talks to. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And then the, you know, like I said, like two seconds later, the faceless demon people are showing mm-hmm. up, and you're like, these guys are mm-hmm. just awful. Yeah, <laughs> How are you supposed to win? <laughs> yeah. yeah. With that, we're gonna move into our next segment. Where it's a lot shorter because a lot of people don't really care about us. They don't appreciate the length of our 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 podcast our conversation podcast. in the beginning. Yeah. Oh, too much jibber jabber or what? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, but I think I think this one's going to be a good one though because it's pretty. I mean, we already started off with some pretty big hit film talk with that Stephen King stuff, so sure. yeah. I'll give us points yeah. for that well, one. It's funny you mentioned that. Yeah, my, I, my mom already watched the podcast because I was like, "Oh, Brent's Brent and Cora, they're doing a podcast." She's like, "Oh, I'm tuning in." She goes, <laughs> "Yeah, like." It takes a long time to get to the movie part. You well, know? Like... I think everyone who says that, all right. I mean, it mm-hmm. makes sense. But at the same time, we want to kind of let people know who we are. It's so funny, though, because like because I'm friends with you guys, I don't notice that. Because I'm just sure. like, oh, just, we're just chat with the boys. Yeah. <laughs> Except <laughs> like, I'm not chatting. Yeah, that's right. I'm not, I'm not part of this, but I can hear. Yeah. yeah, yeah. No, yeah. no, it's, no. But I'm it was like, a lot of, it, I, I think we're learning a lot. And I yeah. think that's, yeah. I think that's the point of these things. Yeah. And I, yeah. it is a project, right? So, you know, you're just yeah. going to keep, you're going to, well, it's not really a project. I fucking love doing this every week is fun i get to hang out with my buddies yeah sit around and talk about film yeah we're gonna move into the next segment and it is called how you doing dude so this is where we kind of go around the room and ask check in see how everybody's doing name something that's going on in your life uh you know all right so okay. but uh well who do we usually start with is it usually the guest or cory i think it's, I think it's the guest yeah I'm gonna start. yeah yeah go so ahead how am I doing? okay so i'm 
I'm just uh, a week back. I've just finished a three month long road trip down to the states. Yeah, that's right. Oh, nice. Yeah, sleeping in the back of my van and just living uh, like a hobo. Yeah, doing the hobo life, doing the national parks. I mean, you were already doing that before you left. Yeah, you know, pretty much. Yeah, (laughs) you know what. I was like calling my mom like halfway through the trip and be like, "Yeah, this is like pretty awesome to live in back of my van." She's like, "Don't you dare live in a van for the rest of your life, <laughs> homeless." Yeah, sound so, like Michael McCandless. Yeah, but no, I had a blast. Don't you be eating no potato roots? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, I was like telling her like my diet, and she's just like, "That doesn't sound healthy." Yeah. <laughs> but or you just eat, you just eat you are one person. Well, I mean, you flatulate a lot. When, yeah. Yeah. And they're real smelly. Yeah. Oh, good. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I don't know, when you were telling me about how you were eating and what you were eating, because you use, like, what, your, you park, pull over on the side of the road. Yeah. And yeah. Just go, you know. Get make the, an egg. Yeah. Just get the, the old uh, so whisper have, light out and just go to oh, town. Yeah. So you have smelly farts because of the eggs. Yeah. No, that's mainly it. Yeah. <laughs> no, there's a couple times where I pulled up next to like an Arby's and just like started cooking away. And you get what like, the Arby's like, guys like, say? No, not even the Arby's guys. Like it'd be like in Texas and like just outside Houston. And people would be like, what are you doing down there? What do you got going? Like this all like big barbecue thing. So I'd be cooking mm-hmm. up some chicken. And then you'd chicken. look up at them and be like, <laughs> <laughs> No, I know. It's, yeah, no, I had a great time. It was super fun. And uh, now I'm back looking for work. So... Uh, so does anybody out there wants to hire? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. If anyone knows anyone, yeah, because this is kind of like at this point, I feel like this podcast is quite local in regards to its yeah. listeners. Mm-hmm. I would really love to see the specs on who actually listens to this. Absolutely, yeah. but like, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I, I get a I, lot of people when they tell me that they listen to it, they listen to half of the episode, yeah. which is weird because I'm the type of person that like I listen to podcasts all week, every single day, and I have a podcast basically coming out each day of the week mm. so it's like a television show kind of thing for me so i'm all, but i'm always on the go i'm always on the bus so i'm always listening yeah. to something mm. yeah and so when people tell me oh yeah i listened to the episode but i didn't listen to the whole thing i'm like oh like i kind of i find that a little bit foreign to me yeah because then people immediately afterwards say yeah i think you should be a little shorter i'm like well i don't know like I yeah. think I think this is like the way it's going to be because this is what we like to talk about. And if you don't want to listen to the whole thing, then that's totally cool. But no, like for me, when I listen to a podcast, I listen to the whole thing. Yeah, mm-hmm. uh, me too. Just because, I don't know, I love, I mean, us three boys, like just as much as we sit around and talk about film, we just as much go out and seek other people who also do the same thing. Totally. Um, so yeah. like the boys at Red Letter Media, like we, we have event nights here at the house where yeah. essentially when a new episode comes out, we go... And, you know, hang out in the living room. We all watch the new episode of Half yeah. in the Bag or, totally. uh, or uh, Best of the Worst. I think this episode, along with the Emily episode, was definitely a long time coming. I think that me, Corey, and you, mm-hmm. Zach, we all, again, like, we all sit around and talk about movies in our spare time. You yeah. Know? And so, yeah. you know, we could be here all freaking night. Yeah. We could have been doing this podcast since grade 10. Really. Yeah. Like, like, honestly. Car- like, <laughs> Carmen, Carmen sent me a text. No. Carmen sent me a text. Uh, it's, what time is it now? It's... 9.43, and Carmen sent me a text saying that she's going to come pick me up at 11. We're not going to be done by 11. We're There's not going to no be done way. by 11. No way. No, no <laughs> chance. Corey. Yeah. How you doing, dude? Oh, super de-duper. Um, Anything explode in your life recently? No. Uh, no no explosions or mm-hmm. nothing like that. I don't know. Life's just going. <laughs> yeah, I'm going away for the weekend up to Shawnigan Lake with uh, my sister and her boyfriend. Mm-hmm. That'll be a nice little mini getaway. Aowen and Christian. Aowen and yeah. Christian. Christian, man, that guy is that guy is a walking meme, oh, but like yeah. the good kind. Yeah, oh, yeah. No, he's, the, he's a goober. For he's sure. an absolute saint. <laughs> he when you'd meet him, you're just like, who is this man? <laughs> he, he's a giant giggle monster. We should yeah. have him on the freaking podcast. Oh, yeah. Wow, we're gonna have your sister on soon. Uh huh. 
which I'm pretty excited about because um, I think we're going to start incorporating. Once we start running out of friends, we're going to have to and strangers, <laughs> which will be yeah. pretty quick. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. This is, the, this is the part of the podcast that everybody likes, but okay. maybe they don't. All right. <laughs> Great. No, shut the fuck up. No. Hey, uh, hey, Corey. What? What are we here? Yeah. Huh? Can you? Can you oh, what? Can you ask me? Oh, oh. Uh, <clears throat> uh, Brendan. Yeah. Oh, what's going on? Just, hey, dude. I'm kind of curious. Yep. How are you? Uh, good. <laughs> um, no, my beard's getting real long. Uh, it's getting oh so long. Oh, long Johnson. I'm proud of that thing, man. Like, that's dude, like, it is the best beard of anyone I know. Dude, it's beastly. <laughs> I've gone out and bought. I've invested money in this now. It's a whole routine when I wake up in the morning. It like it used to be my hair I had to deal with, and now it's my face. Yeah. Where I get up in the morning, I take a shower, and then when, immediately when I get out of the shower, I put oil in my beard mm. and I condition it, and then I let it dry, and then I uh, I brush it, and then I put beard balm in it, and it smells absolutely amazing but i'm running into some trouble here where like the left side of my beard is kind of doing this weird foop thing and i don't think there's enough weight on it yet you know how your hair kind of hits those awkward you, stages could you define what a, what a foop thing is i'm trying to figure <laughs> that one out so yeah. like basically it's do you know when skaters like basically had like the hair justin bieber flip yeah no. it's like basically that on the side of my face oh but oh, it's not an, no. it's not really intentional and you don't really know how to flatten it out so oh. I've got like this little bit of a little bit of a little curve little right foop. here, and oh, I yeah. I can't stand it. It drives me nuts. And I don't. And I'm hoping once I grow out my beard longer, it'll hmm. take a little bit better. But um, did you comb that thing or what, dude? I I spend so much time combing it. I'm not actually joking. I that's spend awesome. a lot of time combing my beard. But yeah, that's it really for me right now. I mm-hmm. mean, I got a massage today because I had a really nice. long week, nice. and I figured, hey, I need a massage, and because I have a massage therapist at my work, we're gonna move into the next segment here. And it's called What You Watching. So, Zach, in this part of the segment of the podcast, you name one or two things that you're watching, not at great length, uh, either that you want to watch or you don't want to watch. We stole this from another podcast called The Weekly Planet. Hmm? (laughs) Well, what I just finished, I'm way behind on this, is I just finished Sherlock. So that was pretty awesome. The the newest season? Yeah, the newest one. So how did you feel about that? A little bit let down. Yeah. yeah. No, it wasn't that good. Carmen yeah. thought it was absolute trash. Yeah. Okay. So, you know what the problem was is that, I know, I don't know if we're worried about spoilers or not, but like, yeah. I thought that... Okay. Wait, wait. Spoilers here. Spoiler alert. Okay. So I thought that, I, I, at the back of my mind, I always hoped that the Moriarty character was still going to be alive because you know how they do that thing where it's like, oh yeah, he mangled his way out of it. You know, they always do that. Um... And then he wasn't, and I was like, oh. Yeah, I almost just... wanted him to be alive, yeah. because they didn't explain how Sherlock Holmes was actually brought Well, back yeah, to and then they just introduced the sister in the last episode. It's like, oh, yeah. yeah, she's a genius. It's like, well, you didn't develop her for the whole, for four seasons like they did with Moriarty, you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, so it was weird. It just kind of seemed shooting. It was really weird. But I thought season two and three were brilliant. They were we're awesome. done with spoilers, though, right? Yeah, done with spoilers. Okay. Yeah. Um, other than that, I'm, tr- I'm trying to think of stuff I want to watch. Um... Nothing really on the docket. I, I'm well, waiting got, for another good TV show right now. I'm looking for one. Well, we've got we some... just started. So, yeah, Corey, mm. what are you watching? Well, I'm not really watching anything in particular, but mm. uh, you and I just started watching a show Yeah, uh, on Netflix. Little, What's it called? Uh, Godless. Yeah. I think it's called Godless. what it's called. Um, so, you would really like this, Zach. Yeah. And I wanted to bring it up because you say, you say you're not really watching a whole lot of stuff right now, but... No. Let me tell you, Netflix, I feel, is pumping out some real good stuff right now. Yes. Uh, in the last, like, two months, I think, like, October 
and November, what did it come out? Oh, Godless came out in November. Mm-hmm. There was two really good shows. Was We talked about last week called Mindhunter, uh, which is David Fincher. Oh. Uh, one of his, he helped create the show. Nice. It's all about how the FBI agency kind of created the um, serial killer um, spectrum of like, you know, who's who's really bad and who's not really bad mm. most simplistic way i could kind of put it and then yeah we godless came out in the end of november so what did you think Corey? yeah when we when we first started watching it i was kind of iffy about it because mm-hmm. i didn't really know where things were going like a lot of things were left uh, yep. kind of to your imagination i guess mm-hmm. um but once they kind of solidified some characters and their motivations and stuff like that i was uh, a little bit more invested so i'm yeah. uh, you know, it's it's a short series, so watching it's not going to be too big of an issue. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I'm kind of excited to see where it goes. So the reason why I think that you'd like this, Zach, is because um, one, you're a fan of the genre, like me. Yeah. I don't know, Corey. Are you a fan of westerns? Mm. Yeah? yeah. Which I didn't actually know until we were sitting down watching it last night, because I was like, oh well, this is I really like western on, and you go, yeah, so am I. But mm. anyway, Zach, I think you might actually like the show because. They really, they use the Western genre tropes really well, and then they turn them on their head or they tweak them a little bit. Okay. There's a large female cast in this film, or in this show, and it's actually quite unique. And the story itself feels very segregated um, to a specific part of the West, almost like nothing else is going on outside of these parts of the world uh, other than right in this specific area of uh, the united states and which is quite interesting too because you might also it also puts you in the perspective of maybe feeling like oh this is probably what life was like back then you essentially lived in a small town or outside of a small town and that was it yeah you know you you lived and you died there yeah um unless you decided to you know go off to either east or west and deal with like you know well, uh, let, me, let me ask you a question because yeah. the thing that gets me that takes me out of these the when they do a western or whatever is how how clean it is. What do you mean by that? In like a sense of like oh, like the, the characters look all like clean shaven and stuff like that. Yeah, or? that to that like uh, almost like a lot of time they're like too beautiful mm. in a sense. You know what I mean? Oh, um, I don't think that's it in this case at all. No, okay, but I, like like the main the main girl or the main woman who mm-hmm. the main character whatever uh, she's a quite an attractive woman. Yeah, but I like. Doesn't look like she has a lot of makeup on or anything. <laughs> no, like that. right. Like she's very kind of um, like natural looking. I guess she walks over in like the first, like I think the second time we see her in she's the first just episode, covered in dirt. She, I thought it was shit. Like I thought she was covered in poop. <laughs> yeah, but mainly because I, I don't know why, but that's just you know it, it just looked like that. Right. But they were just like messing around with horses or something. Like that. I, I don't really know what mm-hmm. the hell happened, but yeah. it's just it's just a really kind of different type of. It, it's a really different type of show where, um, you know how like most, it's either the sheriff is is usually the most powerful, and he's the one to be reckoned with, mm. or he is a drunk and he's lazy and he doesn't do anything. They hit this middle spot with the sheriff in this show, um, who's played by I don't know the guy's name. I can't remember his name either. But um, great actor. He was in Killing Them Softly. Um, he played Twelve Years a Slave as well. It hits that middle ground of. The sheriff being somewhat of a force to be reckoned with, but he's also kind of like, we haven't gotten that far in the show. We've only watched the first episode, but you really get the sense that like there is a hatred directed towards him, 
and I don't know, we don't know what it is yet, but I don't know if it's whether or not it's a lack of... Cause I think every, it's a lack of trust from, from the people in the town. Yeah, but also mm-hmm. they keep mentioning that he's never around. Everyone no, which keep, is why they don't like, trust him. Oh, yeah, yeah. So he's he's failed them in the past. Is that the... Is it's that the to some degree, but we don't know why. Okay. I, I mean, um, I don't know what it is yet, but it's really interesting. And then there's... Um, Jeff Daniels is in the show as well. Mm-hmm. And he's kind of like this antagonistic um outlaw gang member or he's this he's the leader of this gang Mm. and it's and he he's scary and he's got this biblical yeah that's what creeps me he's got this biblical um aspect to his character that's very dark and as cliche as it sounds gritty I don't know. It's really interesting. The characterization in the show and, and there's, there's the hero character, but it's almost like he's an anti-hero. His name is Roy Good, which is kind of funny because, but it's spelt with an E at the end. So I don't know, but it's kind of like a really cool little take on the Western, but, um, Mm. so they've just had one season, I assume this is brand new. Yeah. It's like a six episode, one hour episode show. It's just a mini season or a mini series, isn't it? Is it mini? I don't think it is. No. Maybe I don't know, but it's I right. I don't know. I think we're as a um, as a society, we're actually hitting a better note with TV nowadays, like the British have been doing for years, um, where they essentially they give you the best content rather than drag something out. Yeah. So six episode, perfect, because you can go back and watch it. Like after I watched Mindhunter, Mindhunter was only eight episodes, mm. but I went and I actually sat down with Corey and watched like one or two episodes too. Because I, it was a great show and the dynamic was really good. But you'd really like that show too. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think you hit a good point. We talked about this in the past. Is lots of shows don't know when to quit, yeah. and I can actually appreciate a show that knows when to stop. Mm-hmm. Um, Except for Boardwalk Empire, R.I.P. Oh yeah, I, I could never get into that. <laughs> Such a good show. It's one of my favorite shows of all time. Hey, uh, Corey, hmm. do you want to throw me a, throw me a bone? Hey, you. Hey. Ah, boot lit? Guy with the name of Brendan. <laughs> yeah, what's up, dude? What, uh, what are you looking at through the spectacles? So I, I watched Vikings this week. Well, actually, no, I've got 20 minutes left in the episode. Uh, it was a two-parter episode. They're back with a vengeance. It's a great show. I like it better than Game of Thrones. Way better. Because... I actually thought about this today because when I was finishing, trying to finish the episode before you boys came over, I really like how there's no need to try and remember anyone's name because you already know who people are because the story that's happening is the one that's been happening since you started watching it from the beginning, which is really nice. So anytime you see a character, you're like, oh, who is that? And because they're grown up or something like that, they'll mention the name and you'll be like, oh my God, I remember this character from the first season. Right. And it's just really interesting because it, it's just, it's it's a true story. Well, true in a sense that like Viking tales were all told orally. Um, they weren't really written down because it was a pit because they were seen as, you know, inferior and shit like that. They, they mm. told most of their history through oral stories, whereas like the Christian world was all written down and things like that. So, but But we know about these people through Christian documentation as far as I understand. It's a really great show and I really recommend it. And I think it is way better than game of thrones and it's funny because the budget for game of thrones is so high Mm. but it doesn't make any sense because the budget for vikings i i don't i don't think is as nearly as high as game of thrones but vikings looks better and feels better and you care more about the characters i feel like so zach and i also went to go see 
Justice League this week. Yes. Uh, we said our, our hellos after not seeing each other for about three months because you forgot to say goodbye to me. Oh, yes. When <laughs> I said goodbye to you before I left for three months. So <laughs> This is a tough one. Anyway. But uh, we went and saw Justice League. And, uh, Zach, quick little choppy notes of what you thought of it. Man, it, I mean, like, for keeping this brief, it was just, it was terrible. Yeah. It, was, it was just like... You pick a character, I know there was six of them, I guess, and you could not attach to one of them. They're all just either boring or... I'd like to say something to that. Zack Snyder like left halfway through the production of this because his daughter, unfortunately, um, uh, passed. And um, so he had to leave uh, to focus on his family. But Joss Whedon came in, and Joss Whedon is a pretty competent director, and he's proven himself amongst the uh, superhero world. So we were all kind of like quite excited about that. However, it felt like... Zack Snyder just basically left the film and then someone came in and basically just did it because they reshot 80% of the movie and you really can feel it. Yeah. It honestly feels like a YouTube red production. That's how bad it was. I actually liked Batman V Superman better than this film. Um, (laughs) And that's saying something because Batman V Superman was not a good film (laughs) in the least. So... I think you said it too that you thought that they had cut a lot of the Superman scenes out. They did because he was barely in it. Yeah, and uh, but I think my main problem was it with the film was it was like someone was sitting next to me, poking me, telling me to care about their relationship, uh, the the relationships within the Justice League. Hey, they're friends now. Hey, hey, hey. Yeah. They know each other. They've had history. No, it's like no, they haven't. Whereas like because. As excited as we are to have a all of our favorite heroes on screen that we've been reading and talking about for years and years and years, it doesn't feel like years and years and years yet. No. Five years is a long time, but five years I don't feel like is long enough to solidify a good movie franchise with relatively good, you know, films because you don't they don't have any yet Mm, um and so when you don't have good films and then you essentially like tell us to care about these characters who were in films we don't like it's just what are you doing you know just give up yeah well it's when people talk about hey there's too many of those marvel movies out but they've taken the time to develop characters that you care about yeah we talked about to some extent we talked about it last week i think so um but yeah is there anything else you want to say in that not particularly like it was it was fun watching it with you because we just sat and chatted yeah yeah there was like four other people in the theater and we're just like (laughs) we just we kept on referencing uh because there was these boxes in the film that we were supposed to give a shit (laughs) about Because the main bad yeah. guy who looked like something out of Thor Ragnarok. Yeah, uh, yeah he looked like the evil d- dark elf. Yeah. From, uh, or uh, I was thinking from the second Thor. Yeah. He looked like that guy. It's weird how like in all of the, all these DC movies so far, it's all been... Like if you look at Superman, Man of Steel, it was let's change the planet and yeah. let's remake it into Krypton. Uh, Suicide Squad, same thing. Uh, yeah. let's inherit the earth with yeah. demon people and lady demon mm-hmm. batman v superman same sort of thing doomsday trying to just basically destroy the world but i mean that's a typical trope and then yeah. there was uh and then there was this film which was essentially like let's terraform the planet again yeah why is it always terraforming the planet yeah why can't you just like take the people make them your slaves like i would find that like there's comic books out there that i've read i can't name them off the top of my head uh, where they essentially just, you essentially just like basically take the human population that already exists and then make them into slaves 
Yeah. We could have slabs. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what we yeah. do in the shadows reference. Yeah. Uh, but moving on, yeah. we're going to get to the news here. I've only got two points today. Uh, this is a newer segment. Our first time doing it was last week. But mm. as we were saying, the real rant isn't just about real ranting in regards to film or a film of the week as we do every week no we talk about entertainment as well and so i wanted to speak kind of quickly on people's thoughts about the new infinity war trailer that kind of dropped um because you know we just went from talking about superheroes so let's you know talk about some more superheroes but i almost started crying actually when i saw this (laughs) um because and i know people are gonna probably laugh at that but and granted you just did but as a kid because I, I couldn't ever read as well as everybody else, I always read, like, everyone was always talking about Harry Potter and how they looked up at Harry Potter, and I was like, dude, what about Wolverine? But, you know, Wolverine was my hero when I was a kid, but I looked like Harry Potter, so it was really confusing to people. See, I understand exactly I understand exactly what you're talking about, because when we saw Avengers together, you were like, I've been waiting eight years dude, for this to happen. No, I'm I've been so waiting happy. longer since yeah. I was, like, a little kid. Yeah, I know, I started watching this, and I almost got teary-eyed, because I was just like, my God, like... It's just so amazing to be able to feel like everything you wanted when you were a kid, you can still have and still love the same way you do now. Yeah. I don't know if any of you can kind of speak to that to any point, but I don't know. That's just, uh, for me, watching that trailer was just like, my God, like, this is just so cool. Like, I live in a world where we can, like, where all the shit that I watched when I was a kid or read when I was a kid that was so, like, that I looked up to um, and what I loved and what I felt like I, you know, I don't know. It was just, it was just really cool. And I'm really excited to see that movie and I'm going to be dragging Zach to the theater. Oh, you won't be dragging me. I'm going to be first in line. I can't wait. I was actually meant to say Corey. Oh, right, right, right. Because Corey's not a big superhero fan. (laughs) Not really, no. Like when I was a kid, I never, never really read comic books or, you know, got invested in that kind of world. But, you know, I I like Batman because he's, he's, the most grounded in reality. Well, I would hope so because we have a bat cave. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and I appreciate that, but I don't know the the superheroes never really never really tickled my fancy too much, but um I will be seeing that movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, that's good. I didn't actually think you wanted to. I do know what you mean because with the Batman where it's, it's grounded because mm-hmm. a lot of them now have the hey, let's go after the the gem or the the all the what do you whatever you want to call well, it. That's all yeah. there is, Zach. Yeah, I know. Yes, yeah. so, so I've been <laughs> There's informed. just a lot yeah. of gems. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. I. Do you like, remember when we used to make our movies all the time and it was always guys after a briefcase? Yeah, money. <laughs> yeah, that's right. It was always money or diamonds. Yeah. So uh, that gets old, I fast because they do that in every movie almost. It seems. Yeah. So uh, I wonder how the audience members of our films felt. Yeah, that's right. Oh yeah. <laughs> that was that. that yeah. Which I guess audience I, are you referring to? Yeah, <laughs> us. That, yeah. We have got a cult following for yeah. the film. Amongst our high school friends, called Majestic Retribution. Oh, the film that created Brendan and Zach's friendship. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, but we're not going to get into that yeah. today. <laughs> but uh, that's just a tease. That's yeah. that's a later podcast. Yeah. yeah. But uh, yeah, Corey, did you have anything more to say about the? Uh, not particularly. No. I thought Zach? I thought they revealed a lot. I'm someone who's against trailers as it is, so I would rather... They You're move. one of those people yeah. that are just, like, so against trailers. I f- I'm not people, so against trailers. You're so cliche. I'm not so against trailers. And I, I want to I want to not have anything revealed. Well, the thing is, it's, like, online. You're like, oh, okay, that looks awesome. Okay, I won't watch. And then you're sending it to me. It's like, oh, crap. Of course I'm right. sending yeah, it to yeah, you. Yeah, yeah, like, all right, right. So and you're then, telling me that if a Star Wars trailer came out, you're not going to watch it. I tried not to watch the uh, Episode 7 trailer for about two weeks, and then I cracked, and I just had to watch. And I watched 
you serious? He took two weeks before he waited? Dude, I tried. Dude, I sat up and waited up. I I think I waited up until about 3 o'clock in the morning. Just to watch it. It was like 3 o'clock or 4.30. And it was the one where, it was the first, it was like the teaser trailer where Finn gets up in the desert of um, Jakku. Yeah. 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 And he's like, (sighs) oh, so good. I remember, I will never, okay. Do you know how like you have those feelings when you're a kid where you're just kind of like, we were like, or those 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 stories of people like, oh, where were you when Star Wars came out and stuff like that? And it's like I finally felt because I don't know, I don't really count the prologues to be anything. I never was a part of that generation of lining up to go mm-hmm. see those movies in theater. But now you know how they feel. But now I know how they feel, and it's really cool to be like, oh my god. There is sort of like a Christmas morning feel to it. Almost. Oh god, yeah. yes, yeah. absolutely, yeah. Um, but that's how I felt with this Avengers trailer. So totally, yeah. yeah. I don't know, but uh, but I loved it. Everything else, like I, I'm not complaining at all. I. Yeah. I'm curious how they're going to have so many characters in it and how they're going to give enough screen time to everyone. But I looked at the cast list on IMDb. It's huge. It's huge. I, it's, you know. Guardians of the Galaxy are in it, mm-hmm. and then all the Avengers are in it. Mm-hmm. So. Is, is Thanos being played by Ron Perlman? No, it's... No, that's um, uh, jo- Josh Brolin. Josh Brolin, Oh, yeah. Okay, yeah. okay, okay. Yeah. But anyway, I'm, I'm pumped for it. When does it come out? It comes out... I think it's May 4th. I think Usually they come out... It said May. I believe it's May 4th, so... Awesome. Last bit of news, though. Um, last week we talked about Quentin Tarantino's new film coming out. Mm. Um, we've got a release date now uh, that he's given us. It is August 9th, 2019. Oh, God. Awesome. I'm so excited. So I read an article about it today, and it kind of gave us a background of what the whole movie is going to be about. But it is set in Los Angeles in the summer of 1969, and, or someone who had read the script has kind of come forward and given us a little bit of a gist of what it's about someone who obviously planted and told Mm. to go out and tell this stuff but it focuses on like two male tv actors one a kind of like wanting to be somewhat of a film get into the business kind of film guy and then that guy's stunt double which is kind of interesting Mm -hmm. and the backdrop for the film is going to be the uh manson murder the manson murders oh Cool. So, I don't know. There is, um, there's been some names kind of dropped around. And last week we spoke that Brad Pitt has been spoken about, and Leonardo mm-hmm. DiCaprio, mm-hmm. Samuel L. Jackson, obviously. Of course, yeah. Uh, but Margot Robbie, I think, is specifically being, is kind of like people's biggest discussion point of actually possibly even being cast at this point as like Sharon Tate. Wow. Uh, do you know who Sharon Tate is? Sharon Tate I've heard is, the name. yeah, it's Roman Polanski's wife oh uh roman polanski's the you know child yeah guy (laughs) guy who yeah terrible human being yeah and he fled to you know europe basically to avoid getting charged anyways but uh his wife at the time was sharon tate and she was murdered by some of the cult members of the manson family speaking of which he died recently he did uh charlie manson charles manson really yeah wow you didn't know that no (laughs) yeah he did know (laughs) uh about a week ago yeah, about a week ago now. Yep. Um, Leonardo DiCaprio has been, pro- been discussed, Brad Pitt, and even Tom Cruise. Tom Cruise. Tom Cruise. Tom Cruise would, I, um, I have a hard time understanding how Tom Cruise would fit into a Quentin Tarantino film. Yeah. You know, I think it might be okay. Based solely upon his uh, performance in Tropic Thunder, <laughs> where he's really like quirky, and I think if he's... Do you think Quentin Tarantino would dress him up like that? Uh, or something like that? I think he'd be able to get like a, a very like zany performance out of him well he is a scientologist so <laughs> yeah they're, they're like, known to be zanies yeah <laughs> yeah i don't know i feel 
like it might work. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think Tarantino is so good at casting. Like, mm. it, like I'm, I know everyone loves Leo, but he's like such an over actor. You know what I mean? Like overacts things. And well, isn't that what you're supposed to do in acting, Zach? Uh, is that right? <laughs> I mean, we're going to talk about a film today where that actor did pretty much all that. Yeah, I know. But my point, like, in, uh, like, you when you see Leo in movies, a lot of the time, like, recently, like, especially, like, in The Revenant, it's, you're like, oh, that's... I rewatched that, 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 by the way. Like, that's DiCaprio, like, playing, like, you always mm. see him, you don't, like... You he, don't, doesn't, he, doesn't, he doesn't become the character. No, he's not a chameleon. And so I loved him as Calvin Candy, because that... I, yes. I didn't like it at first, and then I watched it again, I'm like, oh, yeah, he's so ridiculous and over the top, mm-hmm. and that's perfect with DiCaprio's... Yeah thing yeah. but tom cruise i don't know we'll i think see. it would i think it would be kind of cool to see brad pitt and tom uh not brad pitt it'd be cool if either brad pitt and tom cruise or brad pitt and leonardo dicaprio i'd prefer uh, brad pitt leo i th- i think it'd be really cool to kind of see how because they're such big stars right mm-hmm. and and that amount of star power you know i think just for me it would just be amazing to see on screen and how they kind of work together because mm-hmm. i don't th- they, i don't think they've ever been in a film together. and actually now that you say that Tom Cruise being in it with one of those guys, maybe might they might clash because I feel like Tom Cruise is kind of like, hey, look at me, like not really willing to work with other actors. It's yeah. a little more about him. Yeah. So if yeah. you get, yeah, so if you get maybe, I like, don't think Quentin Tarantino would be able to work with Tom Cruise. Yeah, they probably yeah, go to each other. Yeah, no, but, yeah. Uh, but anywho, yeah. So this is the part of the podcast that everyone loves, and hopefully you're still listening because if you're not. Why did you listen to only the first hour and not the main event? Mm-hmm. It's like the climax of a movie. Mm. Yeah. yeah. And it's going to be good because this week is a film that we are really excited about. I, I'm kind of encountering the, the fact that our friends are starting to listen to the show and and they're actually starting to ask us to kind of be on the podcast. And it's mainly because they... yeah. It's, as I said, they are listening to it, and because they're listening to it and they're kind of understanding what we're going for with this podcast, they're picking films that they are passionate about, but also films that are film films, like mm-hmm. the film we watched this week. Yes. And Corey, what was that one called? Uh, the film we watched this week was Casablanca. 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 And this was Mr. Zach's pick. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no. I've seen this movie probably like 15 times well it's because your dad's an old man yeah well <laughs> this is like this is my parents' favorite movie like yeah. easily and so i remember growing up like we'd have like two dvds and this would be one of them and it'd be yeah. like put it in Casablanca. i've probably seen it like like w- once a year up to now like in yeah well it's that they... die hard for you yeah absolutely die hard is my christmas movie usually with these films i mean you've kind of given us a background into why you've maybe picked it but Usually, the criteria for the for you picking a film to come on the show is, you know, you have to be passionate about it, and you have to be able to talk about it for more than a half an hour. Yeah. Uh, amongst a group of people, not by yourself. Yeah. Because that would be weird. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah hey, right. Wall. Everyone shut up. Yeah. <laughs> hey, Wall, I like Casablanca. Yeah. Here's why. I already do do that at home, but it's nice to do it with other Zach people. Zach has yeah. no friends. Yeah. <laughs> I really love Casablanca. Yeah, yeah. So so much he likes yeah. to talk to walls. Yeah. <laughs> and his pillow. Yes, yes. Uh, but yeah, no, I'm fully prepared to do that because I'm really passionate about Casablanca. So, okay. So you pick this film because it is something that, you know, you grew up on and things like that. But um, with that, let's get into it. Break it down. Look at it a little bit. 
Casablanca, Zach? Why don't you give us a synopsis of the film? So it's ba- it's set during uh, World War Two, and Casablanca is a town in Morocco. Well, it's set during World War Two. I guess we should preface though it's set during World War Two, yeah. but also it's made during World War Two. Yeah, like yeah, nineteen forty two. Yeah, it was filmed yeah. in nineteen forty two. And so Casablanca is a town in Morocco, which is basically the last checkpoint before you're reaching freedom to America. Mm-hmm. Um, so you have all these refugees that have come from concentration camps in France and whatnot, and they're all stuck in Casablanca, and they're trying to... The whole point of the movie is people trying to find, get these exit visas so they can get on a plane and then go to America. Mm. And the, But the film is focused around the cynical uh, saloon owner, Rick, who is played by... Uh, Humphrey Bogart. Mm-hmm. And he's uh, sort of he's had a love in his life previously, and now is very cynical and uh, very uh, lifeless in some some aspects. And uh, truly, though, yeah. as an actor as well. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we'll get into that. Yeah, we'll get into that later. And um, but then uh, I'll just be brief about this part. Uh, one of the leaders of the underground resistance comes to Casablanca, and the whole movie is about. Is that is sort of the back the backdrop is his escape, uh, but it's also this love uh, this affair, a love affair with um, with his wife and Rick, the saloon owner. The who, whose wife? His name's uh, uh, what's his name? Uh, Victor Laszlo. Yeah. Is, is so the, it's a love yeah. affair between Victor Laszlo's wife and Elsa. His name is and Elsa. Rick and Rick. Yeah. Rick is the saloon owner. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Because when Laszlo, I guess, was in a concentration camp, uh, they had this affair in Paris, and then uh, Ilsa. Seems kind of, uh, quite rude to do that to somebody. Yeah, it's a tough one. When yeah. they're going... Because <laughs> we know what happened during World War II and what those concentration camps were like. Oh, yeah. Well, I think she thought he was dead. I think mm. that's what the story is. Oh. Yeah, and then so she said, okay, I'm moving well, on. Well, so, okay, well, we'll get into that and later. Then, but, but anyway, but yeah, that's about... That's I think that's a probably a good enough yeah, synopsis. That's, yeah. Yeah. Well, you've seen it so many times that it actually oh. shows. <laughs> yeah, oh, I love that movie, yeah. <laughs> it's crazy, man. Yeah. Um, so this film, I didn't realize how great the cinematography was Mm. it's just like from right off the bat you're just thrown right into this story because it is a story that touches so many other people um it's not it it is very it's like okay the whole world is in peril because of this war Mm. and a lot of people are being affected but here's a singular snapshot of you know three individuals lives Mm. um and how they're affected by the war and i guess yeah maybe not in the way that a lot of people were affected so you know, terribly, but to, I guess, a theatrical standards, um, it's just like kind of a really cool snapshot and a really different take on uh, people's interactions or process of going through the war, living through the war and things like that. So, so as I was saying, the, I want to start, I guess, with the opening sequence where we get basically the whole opening sequence where you get that old timey voice and you get the um, very typical Indiana Jonesy, like, fly over the map but also the mm. what's it called uh, the, there's a dissolve it's like a filtered dissolve where the film is running over top of the map at the same time mm-hmm. um so you can see kind of like you get an essence of a journey to some extent and the voice is kind of talking about how basically what zach was talking about the synopsis <laughs> to Casablanca, yeah, to where, Casablanca. where they wait yeah and wait <laughs> <laughs> uh yeah it's the old-timey voice but yes. the i think what struck me right off the bat in this film i guess yeah was cinematography but where i really felt like i should actually write it down and make a note of the cinematography in the film was the shot of the man in the tower yeah i don't know if you remember yeah. that shot where there's a man just kind of standing up at a tower I think so, yeah. Yeah, it, it, was, it just, yeah, it really yeah. caught me. It was very photographic. 
Yeah. What do you guys have to say about the cinematography in the film? Um, one thing that does come to mind is one specific shot when uh, Rick has to go into the safe and someone follows him uh, into the room and he kind of goes behind a wall and then you see his shadow looking within yeah. the safe. I thought that was a really cool shot. Yeah. That's, that's something sweet. they do a lot in those older films. Mm-hmm. They play a lot, a, a, well, especially with Humphrey Bogart because he became kind of this iconic noir-styled actor yeah. uh, based solely on kind of his demeanor. And we'll yeah. kind of we'll get to that because I kind of actually uh, talk about that later. But I re- what the scenes I really like is whenever they're showing a plane taking off to mm. Lisbon and like they're looking up yeah, and there's sort of like this sort of a, a doom or a sort of a, they realize the seriousness of that almost. It's very... Like there's the bit where he's sitting outside the cafe with the the, the captain and the, the plane's going up and they're both looking up at it. Well, I was going to mention actually, I, in my notes I actually mentioned uh, something about planes in this movie it's how well they were actually shot right. how well they were because it's not um flying in a film or capturing flight especially in early cinema is quite difficult yeah. because a lot of stuff was done in studios and stuff like that. and granted this film was obviously filmed in a studio um but there's a lot of stuff that there's like a lot of wide shots of notice in this movie so mm-hmm. like for instance when bogart and i forgot the gentleman's name who plays his um like the Police, police officer, captain, captain oh, guy. Claude Rains, yeah, yeah he, uh, Captain Renault, yeah, Captain yeah. Renault. Uh, yeah. There's a shot right at the ending when you know he's saying goodbye to Ilsa and uh, Laszlo, yeah. and they're going off on the plane. And there's a wide shot, or a you know, like a relatively wide shot of them and of them looking off at the plane, kind of flying away. And it was just really cool how they were able to capture that plane flying away and just kind of what it all looked like because it's not easy to. I don't know if people understand, but shooting that was not easy back then. And mm. the ability to actually get a good, clear shot of the aviation and how it wasn't kind of obstructed by possibly um, clouds and things like that. And also, too, it was shot during night. Yeah. As far as you could tell. And shooting at night is also not easy. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. But, um, yeah, yeah, I know. Um, I, I, I saw this on your notes as well, but I was going to say it as well. I really like the way they use music. In this one, oh god, yeah, and, yeah. Um, when there's this, the scene I liked is when well, that's he's, not cinematography. I know, I know, but the the <laughs> thanks. okay, well, thanks. Uh, yeah, no problem, is, so the part where he's like drinking because um, at the bar because uh, mm. he had seen Elsa at the uh, had showed up, and then he's drinking alone, and then like the door opens and yes. she's like standing there, mm. and then the the, mu- the music comes up right away yeah. is that the is that the what's the song called that they play all the time oh as time oh. goes by as time goes by yeah is no. that the song that no plays? no that she, i think uh, i know not that part but uh when she's sitting there and then he, she comes in and he's all hmm. pissed off mm-hmm. i like that scene in two yeah two instances in the opening bit of the movie there when it's just kind of the club scene where it's like in the actual club like a song starts playing and then there's no like there's no dialogue and then, like, a move will get made. So either this guy will give Humphrey Bogart the the, um, uh, the visas. Oh. And then that leads to another, like, character conversation. And mm. then another song will play. Like, Sam will play another song. And mm. then Humphrey goes, hides it, mm. which leads to another character conversation. I yeah. really liked how that there was, like, each character had kind of their own moment to talk to each different character. And yeah. set up their own relationships. And then from there, yeah. like... Corey, you were talking about Sam. I actually... I thought... Sam's character is quite pivotal to this story. Yes. Because this is one of the like one of the notable quotes other than here's looking at you kid is play that one again Sam. Yeah. Uh, play it one more time or something like play that. Play it again Sam. Play it again yeah. Sam. Yeah. I think that for me I feel like Sam's character represents this 
he's almost like God. I would almost say he is more important. I mean, he is he is the chess master. I feel like. I... Be- what do you mean by chess master? Okay, so for instance, like everything somewhat revolves around that piano and that mm. song and yeah. him in that piano and at that table, right? So as Corey was saying about how things kind of move around, uh, I don't know, the, the, the songs playing and things like that. Yeah. Similarly, it happens in regards to Sam's character and how he, he represents a symbol of knowing the history of this relationship because he understands and he knows where they come from. Although in the flashbacks, we never actually see Sam being placed within the relationship of um, Ilsa and Rick. So we don't know like what that is, but he knows it, and Rick, uh, and Sal knows it quite well. Mm-hmm. But whenever, whenever Rick or Ilsa kind of talks to Sam like the old days, it's almost like he's like, hey, they're, they're always like, hey, do you remember that time when we did that thing? Or, hey, could you play that song again? He's just like, I don't know that song. Yeah. I don't know that song. What are you talking about? Because And, and he represents this character that he just wants everyone to move on. Mm-hmm. He wants people to kind of just like forget the past. We need to move on. And I guess, and, and trudge forward in a way, but also remember the past. Like, And that's why I think that him playing the song again and them saying, play that song again, Sam, is kind of like, you know, let's move on, but also still kind of remember where we came from. Sure. Yeah. And, and it's really kind of powerful if you really look at that metaphor in regards to Sam's character. Because all he does is sit at that piano and play that song the yeah. whole fucking movie. Yeah. <laughs> and it's so interesting because I really was just like... Like, I was really kind of just trying to understand, okay, what does he mean? What does he mean? And he, he acts he acts as this individual who just lies about everything, <laughs> even though he is probably the most innocent character in the whole film. He is a black man in a Nazi-occupied uh, part of the, part of, you French know. French Morocco. French yeah. Morocco. Yeah. And, <clears throat> like, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Like, uh, what's his name? Laszlo is a Jew, but... You know he's being hunted, yeah. And I'm pretty sure it was the same. Same went for black people because fascists were. They didn't give a shit who you were if you weren't part of the master race. Get the fuck out. Yeah. Like that's just how it was. Yeah. So I don't know. I I don't know how you guys feel about what that Sal means to the whole story. But I think if without Sal, like this whole film just falls apart. Sure. Because yeah. yeah. even in cinematography wise, even in the film itself. He stands at the center of the room, at the center of Rick's yeah. place. Yeah. And to to touch on that, I actually had a note here, which is similar, but not quite like that. Maybe maybe I'm just pulling this out of my ass. But considering that it is like in a casino club type uh, setting, mm-hmm. I I felt like Sam was almost like uh, like a card dealer. Yeah, everyone else was playing a game of cards. So Zach, what are your thoughts? I guess on Sam then. I really liked your bit about the whole moving on thing, but I I think his thing was that that whole relationship had hurt him in a sense too. Oh, because it was almost like he was hurting through Rick into some extent because he was he could see how cynical and just like how cynical l- Rick became. Rick Rick became and that hurt him. So it, do you think that it hurt him based on their friendship or him seeing his friend like that? Just seeing his friend like really just cold and up yeah. and upset. And I think if you look at the flashback, Rick is kind of like full of life. And yeah, like, oh yeah. totally. They're just like yeah, when he when when um, I didn't get that, but yeah, okay. Well, yeah, <laughs> when when uh, Ilsa when Ilsa there's that scene where Ilsa realizes that she's going to ditch him on mm. the track and he's still like Oh, we'll get married. You know, he's like, oh, like just like super happy and whatnot. Yeah. 
But I, I think Sam was like totally was hurting a little bit for mm. Rick. But mm. anyway, sure. That's a good point. I don't know. I yeah. never really thought about it like that because I think that, I don't know. I, I think there's something about the Ed and you know this is gonna come off a little bit. I don't. Know, I don't think so. I just don't. As terrible as it sounds, I think that. I mean, this is just part of the times. Is the fact that like black actors, when you see them in a, in an older film like this, you don't really see them as a character that can have those sorts of tropes. Mm-hmm. Um, attached to them just because black people are still waiting or waiting on their time for equality and shit mm-hmm. at this point in period. So it's weird that you kind of say that, but it is kind of true. And yeah. it is weird that they put him in this kind of role that is centralized to that given the time period that the film was made. The thing, the, the scene that really uh, that enforces that for me was when uh, Ilsa comes up to him and says, and says, how are you, Sam? Where's Rick? And he says, "Oh, like he got, he went home. He's not coming back for a while." And I think that really, for for me, was say, him saying, "Like I'm really looking out for his happiness mm-hmm. yeah, to some extent." Because then at the end, he get he kind of like like when she's like pushing him to find Rick, he was like he was almost desperate. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? He's just yeah. like leave him alone, yeah. uh, Ilsa or whatever. And so I think that was his main. So I kind of wanted to move into something funny here, but this is just a little funny gripe that I I, I thought about, uh, and I mentioned it when me and Corey were watching it because I I just thought it was ridiculous. But in older films, do you ever notice how when old, when people get shot, they're usually running directly away in the line of fire? <laughs> yeah. And then when they get shot, they slow down and they're they jump on their tippy toes like a ballerina, and then they always <laughs> le- they arch their back outwards, and then they hold it, they hold that position, and then they like stumble a little bit and then fall flat that's right and the arms come up and the arms yeah, come up yeah, yeah, and yeah. then they still or or they aren't one arm comes up and then they put yeah. the hand oh, directly yeah. <laughs> and a lot of that has to do with you know technology at the time sure. and not being able to do you know they didn't have blood squibs or anything so yeah. and there's always like like they're they don't you don't hear it audibly but like the look on their face is like like just a big groan almost yeah. it's like it was like an inconvenience yeah. almost <laughs> <laughs> or somebody it's like, yeah it's like oh somebody farted and they yeah. smelled it <laughs> yeah like, dang yeah <laughs> Yeah, no, I just thought I'd mention that, but that's that was kind of just a funny thing. Yeah. Um, so going back to kind of the life in the character of Rick and kind of you, you see that life kind of taken away from him, I honestly didn't feel that. And maybe that has something to do with the fact that I know too much about early cinema and kind of how the tropes were associated with these sorts of actors like Humphrey Bogart. Characters like that Humphrey Bogart played, they were popular and he was so famous because of his bravado and it's very singular like nowadays we're like oh you know he's being typecasted and that's kind of like not a good thing mm-hmm. um whereas then it was just the thing you got typecasted as the guy mm. the fe- the male like you could have been 60 years old or 50 years old and but if you could have the bravado of the humphrey bogard you were the main star of the time. You know, you could say sure. that for Charles Heston or Charles Heston. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Humphrey Bogart falls under that characteristics of the guy that's like, he's the old timey, I don't give a shit kind of guy. Yeah. But you know, deep down, he's like the man's man. Like he, mm. he doesn't give a shit, but he gives a shit. Yeah. But you won't actually know. So I don't know what your guys' thoughts are. And, and, this, and this also bodes more towards women, but again... That's more in regards to their own, you know, that's that's how society saw women. Mm-hmm. Women were, you know, feeble creatures, you know, and yeah. they couldn't defend themselves and they loved too much and they lost so much. Like it was just, and, and that's the point is to make them 
extravagant but also very complicated human beings and therefore kind of like put them aside but yeah. you know that's not the mm-hmm. point i want to kind of talk about the male trope here because it's it's quite comical uh to see that the male stereotype or trope of the famous person back then was an actor who essentially just did one fucking note right and that for me is humphrey bogard yeah um sure so yeah. i don't know what you guys are thoughts on that i guess but I I really I love that character just because. Well, I know uh, like, or, I love that character. No, too. sorry. I mean those a lot of the characters in it are like the 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 answers that they go back are so charming in a ridiculous sense. Like you wouldn't you wouldn't believe that anyone would actually talk that way. But I would but you, say, but I would say though, I would counter with that point and say that that has a lot to do with the fact that this was originally a stage production yes called rick's place and if you watch a theater production you could watch a serious one and people are still doing those quick little quips Mm -hmm. yeah little things like that so i i don't know i'm not i'm not uh, critiquing it at all i actually i love that part of it it's Mm. just um i i think that is like like that's the whole movie is like the even when there's the scenes between him and the pickpocket at the start when yep. he has the papers and him and Renault, mm-hmm. all those scenes, I love it. I love those scenes, I, but I could never see anyone having that conversation. You know what yeah. I mean? Like, uh, he has a bunch of lines. Like, the one when he's talking to the pickpocket, he's like, oh, if I gave you any thought, I might, I'd find you despicable. And it's just different things like that. Like, yeah. um, great, Do you mean great you lines. say you can't see anybody else in that role? Or No, I just can't see that conversation you happening in real life. are unbelievable. Oh, yeah, okay. yeah, 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 no. But I mean, yeah, I think that just goes to how yeah. movies and dialogue was written back in the day. Yeah, the absolutely. Yeah. No, and again, I, I love, I love that scene. Like, they're great. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not critiquing it at all, but, uh, Again, yeah, I just it it's very it very seems like off a script for sure. I mean, it is obviously. Yeah. Um, well, it feels yeah. very it feels very theatrical. I think. Yeah. I think it was. Yeah. Yeah. I think that that's. I think that just goes for in regards to the evolution of the screenplay and the evolution of. So yeah, we've had we've had theater for a thousand years. You know, we could say, and then we go from you know we go that to the silent film. And obviously, you're going to get tropes from theater because of the translation from, you know, different mediums. Mm-hmm. And then we get, you know, the talkies, which is 20s. But they didn't start getting really popular until a little bit after that. So, yeah. so we, you know, we, we have that style. And then, and then you go to, in the 1942 era, you still have that, you know, trope of the character being very theatrical and how they speak and how they talk. Mm-hmm. I mean, if we mm-hmm. even even if we just subtract the idea that we know that this is originally was a actual uh, theatrical production for a script, like it was for theater, mm-hmm. and we just consider it as a screenplay in itself, you still would see that acting being portrayed in the way it is, you know, minus yeah. the script because you know that's what was popular for the time. Sure, so, I mean, yeah. even if you would look at uh, like musicians back in the day, they would you know, perform with, there, there'd be guys singing, but they would also be, like, leading a big band and stuff like that, too. Like, mm-hmm. it was very, uh, very showy mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. kind of, um, I, I don't want to say in your face, but uh, it, was, it was like a spectacle. Yeah, oh, yeah, like, mm-hmm. all, like over the like top Like the golden it, age right? of Hollywood, I guess. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Peter Lore is a character in this film. He plays the... The pickpocket. Pickpocket guy. Yeah. He has this voice, like, you wouldn't believe. Yeah. Here, let's see if I can get him up on here. He plays Ugart. Yeah, yeah. Ugart. Hold yeah. on. I'm going to get his voice up here. It's a very iconic voice. Like, mm-hmm. Yeah, you picked him out right away. Yeah, yeah, I was just like, oh my god, I've heard that guy's voice before. Yeah. yeah. Well, 
Rick, after tonight, I'll be through with the whole business, and I'm leaving, finally, this Casablanca. Who's bribed for your visa? Renault or yourself? Myself. Like, immediately when we were watching this film, I was just like, where do I know that voice from? Where do I know that mm -hmm. voice from? So when I was a kid, me and my little brother uh, used to watch Jesse, my little brother Jesse. I only have one little brother, so mm. then we got a big brother, who might be also coming up on the podcast soon. Booyah. Booyah. Ooh. And if you're listening, big bro, I hope you're excited. He probably is listening. <laughs> thanks, for, thanks for listening. Thanks yeah. for listening, by the way. <laughs> we really appreciate that uh, across the cross-country listeners. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Make sure to tell your friends um, while you're in Poland coming up here. <laughs> yeah. Anyways, so I, I, I immediately heard this guy's voice, and I was like, where do I know that voice from? Where do I know that voice from? Back in the cartoon days, you know, they were making a lot of racist stuff. But they were also doing, and aside from the racism that they're making in cartoons and stuff like that, they were also doing a lot of, like, I mean, you see it in Family Guy, too, like, uh, Quagmire is based off of Bob Hope. Yeah. Um, but there is a character that is based off to of Peter Lore that was a reoccurring character in Looney Tunes. Yeah. That And I immediately heard his voice, and I was like, oh, my God, I know that guy's voice. It's very, like, vampire-esque, mm. and it's, like, European, but I don't know, I think it's, like, it sounds, you like, I don't know, I can't even put a label on it but it's just i don't know it's just a funny yeah. point that i thought was interesting i really like i really think that character gets defined well when he has a scene with, with rick where he's saying you know give him the papers because like rick's like basically gotta get the papers get the papers. yeah <laughs> rick's like insulting him the entire time and he's just sort of taking it in stride mm -hmm. and that sort of shows like how like where his level of pride is at in in yeah. Yeah. yeah exactly where like his priorities are exactly yeah. he doesn't yeah. he doesn't care and yeah. uh and also, just like you know, uh, what kind of like his voice, like you talk about, I think it's you, you realize like what a sleaze bag he is, right? It, like, yeah, it's really interesting. I almost because I think he was actually famous at this point in time. Yeah, and you know, nowadays we can play if we place ourselves within, uh, you know, if we place ourselves within how we watch movies today. Um, for instance, it'd be a really cool point where you're watching a Quentin Tarantino film. And all of a sudden you're like, oh my god, that's like a cameo of mm. like a f actor we all know and love in like a really kind of goofy outfit, mm -hmm. right? And I almost feel like that's almost what they did with this character here. But I mean, I don't know the level of fame that Peter Lore was at this at this point in his life. Yeah. But it almost felt like that because he was in in this one scene and then he was out. Yeah. Because did he die? I can't remember. He yeah, he gets shot. Did. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. It's it's a great scene too because it reflects a lot on how on Rick's character because he's dealing with a murderer and yeah. he doesn't really care you know yeah I mean, he's just like whatever you know you that was a good scene just to show how that because that's obviously right at the start and that's really showing how cynical he is yeah. he's just not he's just bothered. like don't mess with my club yeah yeah exactly he's got mm -hmm. one priority yeah anybody else find found that the nazis were actually quite funny yes, yes. in this film yeah. yes and it was interesting because obviously there was there were, you know, America first mentalities back in the day in regards to the war and things like that. Um, mm -hmm. At first, the United States didn't want to get involved in the war. And then, obviously, Pearl Harbor happened, that devastating yep. event. Um, I mean, nowadays, we, de we deal with fascists and shit all the time. Like, mm -hmm. that's just because we have a president in the United States who essentially perpetuates that ideology of it being okay anyways. Yeah. Um, but aside from that, back in the day, it was, you know, America first mentality where it you know let's all join together and take down the fascists or take down the reds you know yeah whatever and it's funny how they they do it very smart in this movie mm. they're quite smart like they're almost like okay well if a german gets their hands on this i don't think they'll be able to pick out the point that we're trying to make fun of them right because they actually the germans in this film they 
are mingled in amongst the crowd of the people in mm-hmm. our Rick's place. And because it's black and white, it's hard to tell who's a Nazi and who's not. Usually the Nazis wore, wear the swastika on their, on their sleeves, but there's none actually present in this mm. film, which is interesting. I don't, I don't, I, yeah. I didn't actually look into that, but it might be something interesting to look into. Rantineers. Yeah, I don't know. I, what are you guys' thoughts on the Nazis in this film? Well, because it was the, the, the one, not, at the start of the movie, Major Strasse shows up, and mm-hmm. he's new to Casablanca, he hasn't been there before. But there's Nazis that have been living there mm-hmm. before, and I think they really show that, that they had been living in Casablanca in this sort of corrupt system, because mm. the other Nazis are much more So you like, think they're like, they're kind of like, they're kind of like living, they're, they're living off the system of being a Nazi. Well, Strasse is like totally like, he's just like totally for the right, like yes. very strict about everything. Straight lace. And the other, other Nazis kind of like cracking jokes almost to some extent. Yeah. And they're just sort of laid back. And I feel like they're... They're even kind of buddy-buddy with some of the French. Exactly, because yeah. they're used to, uh, they understand the system a bit yep. better. You know, they're, they're closer to... Captain Renault's character mm-hmm. than they are Strasse. And thought. they're away from the war, so they're not really concerned about all that stuff. Exactly. Yeah. They're not terribly yeah. patriotic. Whereas yeah. Strasse is like mm-hmm. totally, yeah. you know. In the middle of the movie, I actually pause it and I ask Corey, I thought, that I, would go, I go something like, uh, hey, because I didn't understand the concept of the whole travel visa thing and why the Nazis were so okay with people basically getting visas to go to the United States. Right. Which is exactly what you'd think, you know, because the nazis were against the united states mm. and hitler hated the united states and you know wanted to fly over there someday and actually bomb it but it's weird how it's so close to home at that point though they're they're like in morocco and people were actually flying out to the united states to go start a new life yeah and the nazis are just kind of and i asked Corey, i was like so the nazis just cool with it but you kind of talking about it to that regard kind of saying like it's you know they're so far away from that part of the world it, it's almost like and this is a stupid analogy uh but when you think about like in regards to the hub of the jedi council <laughs> where like where you essentially you have the jedi council who are all about it and live it every day and then you've got these jedi that live far away in the outskirts of the galaxies that basically kind of like hermit themselves from mm-hmm. the jedi council but are still jedi yeah by definition and they're kind of like they're almost like smugglers in a way yeah but it it is, in a way, very similar to that, where it's just like the Nazis, you know, they're all bad because uh, <laughs> they're stupid. But also, too, the fact that because they're so separated from that, like, political ideology and not in the core of it, but still a part of it, mm. they're, they're but they're profiting off of it. And they're ruining, I mean, people's lives are being ruined all over Europe by this point. But also, to, but this is more of a financial hey, let's get the rich people, or it doesn't matter who you are, you'd be black, white, or whatever, because that one girl, whatever, she's from Bulgaria. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Who yeah, had the husband. Who yeah, who had betting. the husband who was, like, betting and trying to win money, and Rick helped him win a bunch of money to get visas. Yeah. And, you th- and you're like, wow, like, people from Bulgaria, because she was, like, dark-skinned, and again, yes. like, master race was, like, the thing about the Nazis. Mm. And it's just surprising to me that, like... Yeah. I, it was just weird. I was like, so the Nazis, they're just cool with this. Yeah. Like, those, that, those two characters were just, in my opinion, were just plot devices to show that Rick was changing from this cynical guy and was getting a bit more... Oh, yeah, yeah. Right? For sure, for sure. Yeah. For sure. Um, but remember, they are, in, they are in free France at that point, right? Like, it's not... They're unoccupied France. They're, they're, the Nazis aren't really in charge. 
right? The French are in charge. Well, come on. Like, it's that part of the world. Like, there's obviously no war going on there, but the Mm. Nazis are there. The Nazis are working with the Moroccan, you know, police and things like that. But, I mean, obviously they're not occupied, but by this point... Hitler's at the top of his game. They're just there to make sure everything's going okay. You know? Yeah. You know, no shifty business there. Yeah. Yeah, but what I was basically trying to get at is, like, the Nazis are there, and they're taking advantage of the misfortune mm. and trying to profit off of it. And yeah. you were saying that the Strauss character isn't like that. He's just all about, you know, the yeah. master race. and Yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah. And, like, whereas the other characters are more used to the Casablanca lifestyle yeah. yeah it's like basically yeah. a nazi going on vacation and then just getting too used to it totally yeah, yeah. or the jedi situation yeah the Jedi's he's, a, he's like strasso is a council member for yeah. sure yeah. <laughs> yeah, he's, he's a straight up uh he's he's mace, mace windu. Windu. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> i was gonna say he's mace windu yeah yeah, yeah. but um, totally oh Corey, yeah you wanted to say something yeah that. um just kind of a quick little thing uh one of the best scenes in the film <laughs> is um the the Germans are all together having some beers, you know, having a good time, singing their, their German pride song or whatever. Around the piano. Yes, yeah. yes. And then, uh, but yeah, uh, Victor Laszlo comes up to the piano and he starts uh, singing a French tune and then they have like a, a music battle to see who can be louder. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's just hilarious. Yeah, well, that's another scene. I'd like to have a lot of scenes where they show the power of Rick because mm. there's that scene where the musicians, Victor Laszlo's trying to tell them, but they don't listen to him. They just look to Rick. Yeah, yeah. And, and then Rick's like, yeah. And same at the start of the movie when... There's the bouncer character, and Rick's like, "Yeah, come on, those two come in." And then oh, he yeah, sees yeah. the other guy's like, "No, no." <laughs> yeah, yeah. And then, uh, but I like that. That just showed the influence that he had. I think, there. yeah, to speak to that influence, it's kind of interesting too to like kind of look at how Rick plays this kind of like background shadowy character who mm-hmm. has all this power but can play both ball games. Yeah, sure. Like he can interact with the Nazis. Yeah, but also he can interact with the. The French... Oh, Victor Laszlo? Victor Laszlo, part yeah. of the, the Jewish-French... The French-Jewish resistance. No. Totally, yeah. So... Um, and, and and Captain Renault has the same thing, where... Like, yeah, it's kind of similar. Strasse yeah. is, like, basically grilling him at dinner, and he's... Or he says, like... Or he's basically asking Stra- um, Vic, uh, Renault his allegiance. Mm-hmm. He's like, I just blow with the wind. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> I love that line where he's just like, what if the wind will change? He's like, surely the Reich doesn't ever uh, accept that possibility or something like that. And it's just like, that's so sharp. You know? Yeah. Um, and Rick has the same thing when, like, he's he's getting grilled. What he's, <laughs> I love that line where he's like... Uh, He's just like, we have a big file on you or whatever. And they're just like, oh, my eyes are really brown. <laughs> it's like, yeah, so yeah. good. Uh, to kind of speak back to old movie tropes again, it's kind of interesting to look at the uh, the whole fall in love too fast and let's pe- and I'm going to piece the scene for no justifiable reason until halfway through the movie kind of trope. And I got kind of pissed off because we saw that. And then I kind of got excited over the idea of where the plot might go because of the situation mm. and i think for instance like or for what i'm specifically uh speaking about is the part where you see the flashback of rick and uh ilsa and them falling in love like immediately like within yeah. a fucking day and mm. it is legit yeah. uh it is within a day and then she just leaves and that's quite typical that kind of trope happens in these old-timey movies and shit like that uh, and then you're like, okay, well, why? And then they give a reason, and the reason is just kind of, like, stupid and cliche, but in this film, it doesn't feel cliche and stupid, and it doesn't feel like it's dull or there's no substance to it because of her relationship 
that she was in, and no. that was to a guy who uh, is a part of the French Jewish resistance, yeah. which is really interesting. Yeah. Because yeah. you're like, okay, well, if it was just some other guy that she had a relationship yeah. with, and it's like, well, why the fuck do we care who this other sure. guy is? But it's because of Laszlo's connection to this resistance yeah. that makes the whole story just that great. And, yeah, and, and how important he is. How important yeah. he is and how every how every character is important, I yeah. guess. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Um, but... And it yeah. takes the whole movie for Rick to realize that, I think, because I think in his mind he's just getting he just got ditched for another guy. Sure. Yeah, you and know? that's and that's yeah. how we feel too, until yeah. we learn like how immediately not only do we learn right away, because we already know who Victor Laszlo is by the time uh Ilsa gives us justification as to why she left Rick mm-hmm. in Paris. But when she tells us why she left Rick in Paris, we immediately it just like two things click and you're like oh shit like well that's pretty dumb reason and then you're like oh but it kind of adds this extra level to the Mm. story which is kind of interesting so yeah when i was watching this film i also couldn't help but feel like this would have made a really good quentin tarantino film yeah i don't did you feel that at all i was watching this and i was like this movie feels like a quentin tarantino film yes Mm. especially like like i was saying in the first section where it's just all in the club and the characters are really it's like hateful eight exactly yeah. yeah 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 Yeah, I really liked the scene where it's uh, like the character Burger who's trying to sell the ring. He's like a, he's pretending to sell the ring, but it's he's, just he's letting under, him know he's letting him know that he's part of the French yeah. Jewish resistance. And they're at the yeah. bar together, and then mm. Renault comes up as well and starts like, "Hey, can I buy you a drink?" and all this mm-hmm. stuff. And yeah, yeah. And then Burger like shuffles out. Yeah. And I felt like I'd seen a scene like that in Hateful Eight a little bit when they're at the, they're all sitting at the bar and they're talking to each other in a different sense but like sure. yeah um, well i wouldn't surprise me if quentin tarantino like stole some parts from this movie well, sure, that, yeah that's yeah what yeah, he yeah. Does, but that's like what he does, there's yeah. sort of like a, like you say like there's a shuffle in shuffle out yeah uh, like mm-hmm. yeah and then all of a sudden like they're having such a serious conversation and then all like the dynamic has changed immediately where yeah. renault is being like basically flamboyant right mm-hmm. like yeah, he's yeah. just like oh yeah get the yeah. buy a champagne all this yeah, whatever sure. yeah 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 so um any more points to that, boys? I just thought it was just, it was really interesting. It would be really cool to, like, see Quentin Tarantino, like, remake this film. Mm-hmm. Totally, yeah. And make it his own. Like, would you keep it black and white, you think? Or uh, <laughs> I think... I don't think I would. would. I think he no. would want to. Yeah. I think he would want I to, think but it, I... I think part of it would be color. That's my That's my I call. think it would be better if it was just all in color. Yeah. <laughs> At the end, but the plane would be taken off and it would get shot down or something like that. He would like change it in such yeah, an annoying no. way. Yeah. Hitler would get shot. Yeah, Hitler getting shot. Yeah. yeah. Um, um, so there's a couple, okay, a couple little quick points before we kind of come to an end to the discussion of the film. Uh, it's been a good talk guys. Yeah. Yeah. I wanted to kind of mention a couple like angles and things like that. Cause I think that's quite important. We kind of talk about this. It is a film podcast. So, mm-hmm. uh, there are a lot of amazing dolly shots in this film. Yeah. Uh, especially at the beginning of the film where you get to like learn who Rick is. Uh, it's really quick, really quick dolly shots are or, or one of the only shots that I notice that we see a vulnerable essence that comes back to Rick that was missing for so many years. Cause that you were talking about how a lot that, that there's this essence of Rick that just doesn't care anymore. Yeah. There's a vulnerable shot of Rick that we get and it's from, you're always seeing him as this, he carries himself with this bravado. That's like very, tough and thick-skinned guy because he has to be yeah um but we get this shot of him near the end and it's almost a wide shot but it's from it's from the waist up and it's like i mean obviously it's not from the waist down but (laughs) (laughs) but uh no it's from the waist up and it's looking down on him yeah and it looks like he's almost gonna cry but he doesn't 
Right. And I don't know if you remember it, but it's right when he's at the telephone or, or right after he gets away from the telephone and he's shot that Nazi guy. Oh, you know? yeah. 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 Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know. It was just really interesting and I thought thought it might be interesting to mention. But It, it was interesting how um, the, the Renault character sort of re- like realized at the end that that because uh, I think he he was ready. He, I mean, he was ready. He called Strasse and was like ready to betray Rick even when he was being held up. Yeah. And at the end, he realized that Rick wasn't getting on the plane. Mm-hmm. And then he's like, okay, round up usual suspects kind of thing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But I, the thing I love about this movie maybe the most is how there is no character that's not captivating in some way or another. Like well, that's, we, that's really your dad's. No, that's me. Uh, <laughs> well, um, Zach, you're... Da- you're no, wait, that's why I, just, I mentioned this because me and my dad were talking about this. <laughs> no, dad, this is me. Dad, I, well, your dad is a big... Well, no, I'm just yeah, yeah, yeah. But your dad's a big film guy. And well, your yeah. dad's... You know, was the re- part of the reason why you watched this film when you yeah. were a kid. So it wouldn't be surprising. Well, you came to me and you told me about how, um, how he kind of, like you told me you were coming on Brennan's podcast because Brennan's always making shit and <laughs> and uh, Jay secretly wanted to live a life like that at some point. I think. <laughs> well, yeah, <laughs> um, but I'm not saying my life is any like yeah. greater than his. I'm yeah, no, sure no, he's no. He's doing pretty well. <laughs> um, yeah, no, I, but I just like I almost like the secondary characters more than Rick and Elsa and Victor. Sure. Because I, I honestly, I think Laszlo might be the least interesting character, and he's the main part of it. Like for me, because I, yeah. it's very, it, it, it's. But I would say he's he's a pawn, though. So exactly, it's sense. how it's the effect that he has on the other characters, right? But I, I still, I think Renault and um, the uh, the pickpocket character, mm-hmm. and um, even the, the Bulgarian couple are very like I very yeah. interesting. Um, but yeah, no, that that was the main thing because. I, we were talking about TV today and like uh, me having trouble getting into shows. There's so many shows where it's like, okay, there's three characters and I like Game of Thrones, especially. Yeah. Okay, I can't wait for the Tyrion scenes to come on because that's an interesting character. It's like, sure. oh no, there's a Sansa scene. Mm. And here it's like, there's <laughs> no, yeah, there's no, there's no dread ever when you have a character yeah. come on screen. And I find that today is way more prevalent. Oh. Definitely. I could say that that new show, Godless doesn't have that problem really no. okay that's that's high praise i feel at this point having watched the first episode i definitely feel like there's no problems to that regard wow yeah um, thus far because each character has their thing there's like each character has a characterization as of the first episode we already kind of get a gist of who's what there's rattlesnake scarf guy <laughs> yeah. mm. like there's a guy that wears a rattlesnake around his neck yeah. <laughs> that's awesome it's man. really weird and i don't know if it's alive or not yeah but Anyways. I yeah, but just to finish that, like I find myself having to compromise with shows into some extent a lot yeah. of the time, and it, that I, I I'll do it because usually there's two characters that are like, okay, it's worth watching for those. You know, maybe it's more than that, but like there's a couple of characters that are very are awesome. But you're like, okay, these other guys coming, like, come on, finish, the, get get rid of these guys, finish yeah. the scene. Yeah, yeah. Um, but but, uh, but yeah. with with that, I would say comes. The end of this review for this yeah. well not review but critical look i would say i don't know critical look i don't yeah. i mean we don't really review movies in this in the, i mean we kind of just discuss yeah. them mm-hmm. this was a perfect film that actually like hit the note that we were looking for yeah. on the podcast yeah. so thank thanks a lot zach for yeah this well film. of course <laughs> zach aroni thank um, you yeah we're not a 10 yeah <laughs> we're not gonna do uh what does your mom think today just because it is too late at this point it's okay. almost what time is it it's almost know. 12 o'clock. <laughs> uh, nice. And so we can't really call. It would have been nice to have called your dad, though. 
Oh yeah, if he yeah. would have been a character for she would have. He wouldn't have shut up. Yeah, no, we would have gone talked forever. Yeah. I hope your mom listens to this episode though, because you can hear. Yeah. My whole knows... family's gonna listen to this now. Oh really? <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> well, that'd be funny if they did. Uh, well, hopefully they do. Yeah, we'll see. But um, so what I want to kind of end the show with is maybe Zach, can you do a uh, pretend <laughs> imitation of your dad of what he would it might say if we'd call him? Oh yeah. So <laughs> instead of what does your mom think, we're gonna call it what does Big J think? Well, mm-hmm. Big, Big J would first of all like you'd be like maybe you would. So oh, your... wait, we're we're gonna do a bit here. I'm gonna I'm gonna call I'm gonna call Big J. No, no, but like it doesn't really matter what you say because he would Big J would ignore everything you just said because <laughs> he's like preparing his thoughts. Okay, so let's do the bit. Just, let's yeah, do the bit. Yeah, exactly. Sure. Go ahead. All right. So we're calling we're calling Big J. <laughs> it's not gonna be that good. <laughs> we're go gonna call Big J. Yeah. Okay. Beep boop. Beep, 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 boop, boop. Make the ring sound, Corey. Boing. 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 <laughs> hey, Big Joe, Big J should probably pick up Hello. Now. <laughs> is this Big J? Yes, it's Big J. <laughs> Go on. Uh, uh, so what are your thoughts on Casablanca, Big J? Well, let me tell you. Uh, <laughs> Did you, you like seen, the movie? If you've seen movies, insert a reference that no one knows about. <laughs> <laughs> um, this is just a big, this is <laughs> some of the same things that they've done. All the secondary characters. Oh my god, amazing! <laughs> yeah. um, and you, bit, a bit no, over. no. I mean, you, you, you like Tarantino, right? Well, I mean, he. This is where he got all that stuff, right? <laughs> <laughs> so all that stuff that you like, it's from my stuff. <laughs> There's your Big J impression. Oh, thanks, Big J. Thanks, yeah. Big J. All right, anyway. can you make the click sounds, Eric? Uh, click. Yeah. Oh, we hung up on Big J. Anyway, Big J. Hey, Zach. We're, hey, how's it going? Good. Great. <laughs> so that was Big J, huh? We Big... talked to your dad. You weren't here. That was weird. Oh. Yeah. It's, I can't wait for Big J to hear this. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> sure, he'll be quite impressed. Yes, that's right. He played him why we're calling him Big J. <laughs> <laughs> Does he not know? No, I've never I Like, I don't know. I don't know how that name has come up. Well, it came up because of the weird-ass hockey player douchebag boys from back in the day. We went I, think, I think everyone's parents would be like... Would big be, version. Would big, yeah. Yeah, which is stupid it because is it sounds very simple. Now everyone's little. Yeah. It sounds one, one very day, One day, one day we'll get to be big. Yeah. Um, well, I feel yeah, like kids. I'm big. I've yeah. got a podcast now. <laughs> I'm just average size. Yeah. yeah. Does, average big, size. does yeah. Big J have a podcast? Oh, he'll have one after this. Yeah. <laughs> Call him Big just J now. Big J in, a, in the hot Big J and Friends, yeah. <laughs> big J and Friends. <laughs> big J in old movies. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> big J in a big yeah. chair. Yeah. Talk about old movies. Oh yeah, no, he'll think of something clever, or he'll think of. You know, we'll have to have Big J on someday. Oh, he'll love it. He'll oh love God, it. he'll bring his chair. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think it'll fit through the front no door. No way. No way. Yeah. Uh, anyways, yeah. so no, we have to make it uh, Corey's dad coming in to help us move those. The, that chair oh in. hell yeah oh yeah dude your dad's a masterful scientific master oh he knows how to move that's for sure he was like uh, I can't do his accent you try uh, no do, do this way right to it this way <laughs> to the left <laughs> I don't know but uh yeah so alright so we're gonna move on from what does your mom think but in this case it's what does Jay think what does yeah. Big Jay think yeah Couch's Corner with Big J. Couch's Corner with Big J. <laughs> the last part is we're going to ask, would you recommend it? Yes. Okay, well, obviously, because you recommended the it. film. Yeah. No. So uh, shut up. 10 out of 10. Yeah. <laughs> 10 out of 10. Why haven't you seen this movie? <laughs> yeah. 10 out of 10 <laughs> would watch. <laughs> I'm going to go home and watch it again. <laughs> yeah. Well, you're boring. Yeah. <laughs> you're turning into a real Big J. Yeah. <laughs> I gotta go do his podcast, guys. <laughs> I think he's sleeping. <laughs> I love your dad. Is, 
this is like this is like the weirdest tangent. Yeah, I I'm love hoping, it. I'm hoping your dad doesn't get this far in the podcast. Yeah, he's gonna be like, oh man, the Casablanca talk. You know what's gonna happen? He'll, he's gonna get right to the se- like segment before Casablanca, and he turn it off. And I'm like, did you get the Casablanca part in the Big J part? He's like, oh, what? Turn it back on. Yeah. Um, anyway. So, would you recommend it, Corey? I would. Yeah, yeah, I think it's a really good movie. I've never well, seen it before, and I was pleasantly surprised. Yeah, it was it, it was kind of funny how we like. I was surprised you had actually seen it. So, hey, Corey, do you recommend? Oh, do, wait, yeah, uh, this film that we just talked about. Would you recommend it? Who? 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 You? Oh, who's who? You? Who's you? <laughs> who's you? Me? Me? Uh, who's Brandon on first? McGee. <laughs> <laughs> who's wow. on first? Yeah, you know what? I I never. I was waiting to get to this part to kind of say this, but I hated this film. No, no, not now. I love this movie now. Yeah. But I fucking used to hate this movie. And a lot of that had to do with the fact that I couldn't stand the ending of the film. Mm. I could not I could not bring myself to j- understand the justification of why he le- why Rick let Ilsa just leave him. Mm. Cuz she wanted Ilsa wanted Rick to come with her on the plane yeah. and he didn't come. And may and and to to this day I still don't exactly understand why he didn't go. Because people say, "Oh, yeah, it's for the greater good," but what is what has Rick got to contribute to the greater good? Um, I think he would had. I think it was he had refound his like humanity and refound his like. Is I think like, he just love. realized that they were meant to be together, kind of like the fling that they had. Was oh, her. they weren't meant to be together. Like they Rick were. and is is a is a what's her Elsa name? Elsa like yeah they, from Frozen yeah. yeah. <laughs> Exactly. that would come up yeah. yeah so he just let it go yeah. <laughs> that was so good i seriously hope people listen to this podcast i want a, i want a humphrey bogart version of let it go now that'd be awesome be let it go kid yeah, yeah. <laughs> let it go see <laughs> yeah so i didn't know i thought it was that he'd like sort of refound his uh where he was at mentally in paris uh-huh. and it was sort of like a happy and then he realized that they were they needed each other for the, yeah, the war and effort like right? he he found out that they had been through like a shit ton together and that yeah. uh, him and hers thing in uh, paris or whatever they wherever they were was just kind of like a yeah like he he got caught up in it more than she did yeah and he yeah. realized that and was like yeah you just go do your thing yeah yeah that's right I'm yeah good here. Mm-hmm. yeah i yeah like I said, I, I hated this movie in the beginning, but I absolutely love this movie. Yeah. And I was going to actually ask in our, sh- in our show notes for, um, not the show notes for the podcast, but the show notes for the show, um, is I could never really understand why this movie was really popular. Um, however, I probably understand for the time period why it's popular, but I can understand now why it's still popular is because it records an area in history undocumented because this kind of shit actually did happen yeah um to people and it 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 is a part of the war that nobody like really paid attention to is the exploitation of individuals um trying to flee a war-torn country like granted maybe they didn't experience the worst of the worst of the war like a lot of people especially um uh all those unfortunately all the lost jewish lives and stuff like that but Mm. yeah you know, a lot of these people were still trying to just get the fuck out of Dodge, right? Yeah. So. I appreciate it on a certain level because I find World War II is undocumented on a lot of levels. Like, it was oh, like, God, yeah. like, we know, 
about if you're most people will know about you know the west and like d-day and stuff like mm-hmm. that yeah. but stuff to do in africa people have no clue the, the no. eastern front in russia oh, there's some it, fucked up shit that went down in africa for yeah sure. oh absolutely and so it that was nice that was good about that same thing like uh if it's really sad how we again will know about our us but we won't know about anything else and yeah. we should right yeah. Yeah. but with that comes the end of the show mm-hmm. unfortunately i first wanted to just say you know what hey zach buddy i love you so much yeah. thanks for coming on the show it was thanks for having me fucking pleasure man yeah this is awesome come we back were... anytime yeah. absolutely dude yeah, no, we I had a really dive deep into this episode i i definitely yeah. feel like this is probably i feel like i'm pretty confident with this one being one of our best so great so Corey. yeah you can find me sitting across from you. I can. But you can also, and uh, down the hall. Yes. Because we live in the same flat. It's true. And uh, you can find Ranger in his chair, which yep. he is sleeping away right now. Passed out. Pretty sure he has to poop, but we'll figure <laughs> that Don't out. we all? Yeah. Uh, but you can find me uh, on the twits, on the Twitter, uh, at Brendan McGee, Brendan underscore McGee, and that is Brendan with a B. R-E-A-N-D-A-N underscore M-C-G-H-E-E. Thanks, Mom and Dad. And Corey, where can they find you, the illustrious sexy boy of the Real Rant podcast? You can also find me on the uh, the Twitter tweets at uh, Corey McEwen1. Because he's a number one. Number one. And where else can they find us, Corey? Oh, they can find us on uh, therealrant.com. Yeah, and at the um, bottom of the page there. There's links to all our business. Yep, you can send us an email, or you can send us a nice little little email, yeah. and it could be nice, mean, or fucking in between, boy. Yes. And Zach, is there anything you want to plug? <laughs> you can add me on Facebook, and I'll decline you. <laughs> uh, you sound yeah, like a yeah. really inviting yeah. individual. Wow. That's great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, no, I don't have the tweeter or the Instagram or any of that, but uh, I'm just happy to be here. Yeah, cool. <laughs> Yeah, that's good. You that's can you can edit that out. Yeah, I, will. <laughs> um, I was like, I don't think I'm going to say anything while they're yeah. plugging their own stuff. But, anyway. but Zach, thank you very very much for coming on the show today. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. I'm giving awesome. you a eye hug, hug, an eye hug. Well, that's that's awkward. Which is, is like I'm looking at, I'm yeah. looking at you in the eyes and I'm hugging you. <laughs> <laughs> With, uh, it's weird. It's a new thing. It's yeah. all, the, all the cool kids are doing it. Um, but that is the end of the show. And uh, so, yeah. Uh, Corey, is there anything you want to say, Yanni McYonerson? Um, thanks. Uh, that was great. All right. Peace out, homies. We'll talk to you later, Rantineers. And don't forget, next week, the Green Mile. Booyah. Booyah, booyah.